Anton. Witten. Happy Friday, my friend. First one for the year. Happy Friday to you, mate. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back. We made it back. We fell. Uh, we fell. We tripped into the end of the year. Um, <laughs> but we made it back, and uh, it's good to be back. We've got a few uh, a few of you online right now. Give us a shout-out in the chat. Um, good to see a bunch of you. To Neil, thanks for joining us on this Friday afternoon. And uh, one of the regulars, Alison, always here. Great to have you. And, uh, yeah, a bit of a revamp. We thought we would uh, special it up, Fenton, make it look fancy and flash. Well, make up for the other viewing, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it takes the attention off our face. That's, uh, that's, that's the way that I look at it. So, mate, what's, uh, what's been happening in your world? I mean, it's, gosh, we, last time we came to everyone would have been, it would have been end of November, so we we did it sort of stumble across the line. We meant to get to everyone to wish them a Merry Christmas, but uh, unfortunately we didn't. But geez, there's been a lot going on. There has been a lot going on, and uh, and uh, twenty twenty three is certainly off to a bit of a uh, tumultuous start. You know, things are uh, looking pretty interesting. So we're going to dive into that a bit later on, folks. But we, um, you know, we've freshened up our segments, Andy. Um, We've uh, we've freshened up our segments, folks. Instead of doing um, what's in the news, uh, we're going to do something called Decant the Week. So uh, we'll show you what that looks like in a minute. Um, and uh, along the way, we're going to do something called uh, Perfect Pairing instead of uh, what you should know. Uh, you, there might be a problem. We'll see if we can uh, suggest a solution. Uh, and we're going to... We brought in a new segment. We're probably going to be one of our favourites, I think, called the Number One Menace. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for many of you, let us know in the chat who's the number one menace. Who's the number one? Uh, well, there's there's a group of them, really, but uh, there's, <laughs> there's a group of them. But number one menace uh, in Australia, anyway, maybe even in other places. When it comes to our wealth and our future wealth, what do you guys reckon? Um, uh, what do you guys reckon? Uh, they are. We'll uh, we'll show you what that is a bit later on. But hey, Benton, listen. I thought I'd try and impress you. I'm actually using uh, a proper glass. Wait. <laughs> well done. Is it is it actually wine in there that got opened today, or is that? A yeah, few yeah, days no, it is. It's wine from today. And a big shout out to our sponsor, um, Levantine Hill, Levantine Hill, um, and um, Sarath. I don't know. Are you drinking the same? It's a um, Shiraz, mate, or a Syrah. Yeah, mate, it's exactly. Right. I've got the same one here, and uh, mate, the Not first bad. is just about to be had right now. Well, that's good. Hopefully, that's a uh, a precursor to things to come. The quality of the wine in the glass, um, potentially uh, leading to the quality of the conversation and banter this afternoon. But um, one, <laughs> one can only hope. But if it's uh, if it's the first time that you're dropping by, maybe. Maybe just by chance you tripped over us. We haven't done a big run-up for this one, but uh, if it is your first time here, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom was something that Jace and I started a number of years ago now at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, we really just wanted to share information about what was happening in the world of business, property, interest rates, investing, so that you could make better decisions in and amongst all of the dribble uh, that we hear in the media. The only thing that's changed between then and now is the pandemic is not so much in lockdown phase, but is more in the the, the post-pandemic effects. Um, and the media is just full of more shit than what they've been ever before. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we call it clickbait journalism. And, uh, and one of the key things that we try and do, firstly, we try and uh, share some of the wisdom that we've got over uh, 40 plus years, maybe almost, yeah, it'd be 40 plus years in Come property on, investing. No problem, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if uh, if Jace doesn't know it about property investing, then it's probably never been done or not worth knowing. Uh, and my world of uh, business, uh, finance, investment banking, corporate banking, uh, and financial planning. So we try and share the insights that we have with you in order for you to be able to make better decisions based off uh, more pragmatic uh, conversations rather than sensationalist garbage. Uh, and uh, and also we try and bring you some strategies that you might want to think about deploying in various different times and different markets. So that's how Wealth, Wine and Wisdom came about because we used to crack a bottle of wine on the Friday and figure out what the hell was going on in the world uh, and now we bring it to you some two and a bit years later in a few hundred episodes or a hundred and something episodes. The uh, the Yeah, the... Number of episodes now is getting away on us. That is for sure. But this is our um, this is our third third year into it. So um, episode one of twenty twenty three, ready to rock and roll. And uh, and Alison, he, I I know that uh, they're not using spell check anymore. But I, I'm going to put it out there. I don't even reckon they're writing their own articles anymore. Uh, I think that they're <laughs> typing it into a special search engine. What is the most sensationalist bullshit thing that I can say today? And then back it up with some fuzzy figures. Well, uh, why don't we launch into it, Andy, and um, why don't we do um, uh, do our first little segment, which is uh, Decant the Week, um, right after this. Hang on. Right, what do we got in the news, Andy? I know there's been a lot going on and we're kind of catching up probably two and a half months, but uh, I'll throw over to you. What do you got on the radar that people should know about what's been happening out there in the world of, you know, that sensationalist media or something to keep an eye on? What's decanting this week? Well, mate, uh, they're putting a bit of wine into the glass this week. I've, I've been seeing it. Uh, everywhere, I'm sure everybody's aware of it. It almost would win the number one menace, depending on which side of the fence <laughs> that you're on. But OpenAI Chat GPT is here to take all of the white collar jobs away. Jace, uh, just the same way that robots ten years ago were going to take care of all of the blue collar workers, and they were all going to uh-huh. be out of work. Well, now it's OpenAI Chat GPT. What is it? Uh, well, effectively, for those of you who don't know, must have been living un- under a rock or maybe you're living in the right place where you're not listening to the media every morning. But uh, OpenAI GPT is effectively uh, an AI technology, uh, quite incredible. It's a chat. Uh, it basically scours the internet, uses artificial intelligence, and you can type questions into it. You can ask it to write a book for you. Um, and this has gained a huge amount of attention in the media at the moment because kids are using it to write exams, Jace. Uh, they're using it to write projects. They're using it for their exams when they're sitting in, inside halls. Uh, I think they should get an A for being resourceful. That's, that's me personally. <laughs> me too. You and I both know that, um, you know, the, 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 the real world is about cheating. It's about finding out who knows what and getting the answer off them like, uh, you know, <laughs> You know, it's not. Uh, but anyway, what what does this mean to us as investors, Andy? Well, it's interesting from an investing perspective because they're not a listed company. They're actually a private company. 
if you want to get exposure to open AI, and there's a lot of interesting stuff, I've got some major tech stuff here today, but if you want to get exposure to it, you might want to look towards Microsoft because Microsoft put, I think, they haven't published the full amount, but I think somewhere in the vicinity of $10 billion, that's with a B, for a billion dollars, or as, or as, or as my, Microsoft say, ten bugger all amounts of money uh, that we'll just throw into it. But they're a major, uh, a, a major component or a major investor. And uh, work smarter, not harder, one hundred percent, Alison. And this, it's man with machine. In my view, it's man with machine for the next, you know, couple of decades at least. But here's something that you might like, Jace. I actually went in there because I've got it and uh, we're figuring out how to use it in our business. But I typed into it. I said, why should people watch Wealth, Wine and Wisdom? And in, <laughs> in less than 10 seconds, it wrote back, people should watch Wealth, Wine and Wisdom if they are interested in learning about personal finance, investing and financial planning, while also gaining insight into the world of wine and lifestyles of successful individuals. The show aims to educate and entertain its audience, providing practical tips and advice on managing wealth while also showcasing the finer things in life. By bringing together experts in finance and wine, the show offers a unique and engaging perspective on wealth building and lifestyle choices. I'm going to say, Jace, it's a reasonable, It's a re- but I'm wondering if it was trying to cater for the user because you don't really feature in this one, do you? No. Like, where's the world of property? And well, they, well, I think I think it was referring to me in the with the uh, finer things of life, um, to be honest. And <laughs> mate, I think you're dead right. Uh, but one of the things which will be interesting is if you put the same thing into yours and you get a response that's tilted towards property investing, I think it'd be hilarious. Maybe it's tilted for the reader. Who knows? But uh, but mate, pretty impressive. But it's still not there because it didn't quite get it right. But Didn't uh, quite nail it. <laughs> in the media, though, as they always do, they sensationalise it, and it's gaining a lot of traction, a lot of media attention, and they've said, "Is this going to eat search? Is this going to destroy search?" Of course, they're going to say that. Why? Because it's a headline. Uh, but ultimately, it's something to watch if you're interested in investing. I, I, I highly recommend getting on board, having a look at it, because man with machine or person with machine. Uh, is definitely the way of the future. As Alison said, work smarter, not harder. Uh, but leading on that, from that, mate, just a little bit of what's in the news. Uh, what's in the news? Decanting the week. The FANG stocks, everyone said tech was dead, right? The FANG stocks being Facebook, which is now Meta, Apple, they went up Amazon. went 25% or something. There was Facebook. Look at that. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> it's 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 it's. It- it's absolutely flying at the moment. But this is something which I thought was interesting and and uh, the stock futures fell. Futures are the when the market closes, there's an overnight exchange, which includes all of the uh, you know the trading after hours, if you will. And uh, so this is a really interesting thing, Jace, because all of a sudden, it used to be last year or two years ago, tech companies, if they just said that they were going to do something, they went forward at a million miles an hour. But have a look at this. This is the one-day returns, and you can see the grey, which is after hours. Uh, and from left to right, top to bottom, we've got Netflix left. Uh, we've got Apple in the middle. We've got Amazon to the right. And then the bottom left, we've got Alphabet, which is Google, and Facebook, which is Meta. So a couple of things that you'll notice about this, they all reported earnings. Their quarterly earnings, I all just reported them. 
And what you can see is the companies that actually have good solid income streams that have been going on, like Microsoft subscription models, Meta platform model, probably a little bit less so Meta, Netflix as a model, they're really valuing ongoing income streams. Ongoing income streams. Market likes certainty and times of uncertainty, right? A hundred percent. But usually in the tech world, it's all about growth and headlines, but now they're getting bandied around as value stocks because they've got incredible cash flows in there. So we're seeing that now tech companies are actually getting a share price that is reflected on their performance on revenue. Who would have thought? The world's ending, Who would have thought that? (laughs) All of this, it makes so much sense. It doesn't make sense anymore. But uh, uh, I don't know whether I'm up or down, Arthur or Martha. (laughs) One thing's to 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 be uh, one thing's to be sure to be sure, as they say, is that. And we were talking about it after it took a a dive. uh, Is it tech's here to stay? Um, It's a big theme for the future. It's going to be a volatile ride, but uh, it's going to be significantly up five, ten years from now, as opposed to uh, you know trying to trade it in the short term. And most people have gotten blown up when they've tried to trade. So, mate, very interesting in the world of tech. Mate, both you and I are in the same camp when it comes to, uh, you know, buying and owning uh, any sort of asset. You know, for most of us, for most of us, we should be buying and owning an asset for medium to long term. That's where it really kicks in. And certainly when you look at it like this, if you look at long-term income streams that at some point in the future that could replace your income or supplement your income, you know, makes sense. Makes sense for, you know, big, strong Recurring income streams, Netflix, Meta, Microsoft to 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 back uh, to back them for sure. You know, uh, you, you don't want to be caught in that bloody yo-yo up and down Jekyll and Hyde world of you know growth and and oh, uh, decline. It's it's, <laughs> uh, it's too much of a stressful journey if you're watching it like that. It's, uh, yeah. it's but long term, it's going to be there. And uh, as I said, Microsoft doing really really well. Its reporting on earnings wasn't fantastic. A lot of great news on the back of chat GPT and the integrations into Microsoft. So I know that you're in the world of Google, mate, and you often give me shit about being in the world of Microsoft. <laughs> maybe maybe the old 365 has got a little bit of legs left. They might it. come back. They might come yeah. back, Andy. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, well, there you go. Well, mate, uh, over in my neck of the woods, um, you know, there's uh, been a little bit going on for, um, uh, for you know, my world, but a couple of things in the news that I reckon are going to impact and also accelerate uh, the world of real estate. Number one, big news for, well, uh, secondary news for the property market, but uh, big news for, um, you know, the university and uh, our immigration. Um, Beijing has given, uh, but Beijing's given all of their students that are still in country, so still in China, they said, hey, listen, time for you to rack off and get back to wherever you're studying um, and uh, you need to do it in the next couple of weeks, literally by the end of February, or we will not recognise your university degree in China. Right? So what happened, Andy, over COVID, lots of students around the world enrolled in and lots of universities went ahead and said, yep, no problem. Hey, you can't travel, so why don't we host you, um, you know, virtually in Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever it was or whatever it is. Now, that was fine for the period of time, but now, you know, for whatever reason, China's saying, hey, that's not good enough. 
you go back to where you're meant to be studying and get on with it. What does that mean right now? What does that mean to, um, yeah, they're pretty brutal, aren't they, Alison? Like, yeah, <laughs> rack off, we want you to go back to wherever you went. You know, How do you recognise a degree, Jace? Do you, do you walk past and go, didn't we meet at the Bar Mitzvah Club? Didn't well, I see you in Hawaii last week? Well, probably if we dove down into one of those, uh, you know, rabbit holes, let's say, with China. <laughs> and, and Trina, you're onto it. You're onto it. I'm like, where are they going to live? Like, because uh, right now the, there's an approximate um, between thirty and 40,000 students that haven't returned to Australia. Um, and uh, um, <laughs> where are they going to live? Well, you know, let's just let's just play this game. Let's just say thirty thousand students descended upon, um, let's say, the east coast of Australia in the next sixty days, folks. You know, um, we have right now. Let's just quickly skip to this one. We have a national vacancy rate right now across the country of one point two percent. I remember right. when the cash rate was that much. <laughs> yeah. that, those, those are some good times, right? <laughs> National vacancy rate of one point two percent. If you dive into places like you know Brisbane and Melbourne um, and Sydney, you know it is very very low in the one percent. And some uh, cities right now are, are below one percent vacancy rate. What does that mean? What does that mean when we're looking at thousands of students, you know, coming back into the country to study when we have an absolute shortage, a disastrous shortage? of real estate uh, in the country. What is going on there? Well, for most of us or many of us, uh, it's a good bit of news, Andy, and uh, it's a good bit of news for all sorts of reasons. However, um, um, there's something that's clouding everyone's judgment or not not necessarily judgment, but, uh, you know, clouding everyone's mind at the moment, which is the interest rates interest rates and inflation. You've got some stuff to talk about in inflation in a minute, um, and I'll talk about interest rates in a minute. But what is happening uh, in this sort of space, check this out. I'm going to sort of show you this chart here, Andy. Look look, look at the um, – I'll just – I'll quickly show it in, in its full size here. So if we start over here, and let's call that 350, and let's call this 650, right? So since 2010, that was 350, and have a look at kind of the 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 growth of rent for literally a decade was literally nothing, and and you know why? Put it in the chat, folks. Why did our rents not grow for a decade since about 2010, 2011? Andy's probably already got the answer. Why, why didn't they grow, Andy? What well, what happened? Well, let's- well, just just while uh, while everyone's because whack your answer in the chat, but uh, I thought I would uh, work smarter, not harder, Jace. And just while <laughs> while you were yapping away, I thought I'd ask uh, Chat GPT. Chat GPT. Interest rates at all time low over that decade. They were low and falling for that period of time. Um, you know, and uh, you know, for all of us, that was uh, that was some interesting stuff. All right, tell me. So where will 30,000 migrants live? 
<laughs> if they migrate to Australia now, given the current vacancy rates, it says it's difficult to determine exactly where 30,000 migrants would live if they migrated to Australia now. That's very, very right, isn't it? Uh, based solely on the current vacancy rate. Several factors, including individual preferences, job opportunities and availability of housing can impact where people choose to reside. So they're saying... Chat GPT is saying that they're going to uh, they're going to come to Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Perth, uh, and uh, and they're going to populate those areas. Jace, back over to you. <laughs> there you go. Maybe Tasmania. I don't know if there's <laughs> no, there's much room down in Tassie. Well, I get. I mean, Tasmania's got one of the lowest vacancy rates in the country. In the country, folks, because yeah, it's it, it um it you know it's sub one percent, and and really because. Because Tasmania doesn't build anything. So, but anyway, there you go. Um, <laughs> there's no construction going on um, as we go. But, uh, you know, they, 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 hopefully they fit somewhere. But listen, um, right now, or well, since kind of mid 2020, Andy, like the progress of rent has literally gone up $200 plus in two and a half years. The average rent around Australia has literally increased two hundred dollars plus. Now, now I was I've been saying this for well over 12, 18 months. You've you've heard me rabbit on about it, um, but it's here it is. It's showing up in the stats, and it's not finished yet. Now, I I did a little conversation about this. I did a conversation about this, Andy, um, uh, the other day on one of my wealth coffee chats. And there's two reasons why it's not finished yet. Not finished yet. One, number one, the impact of the interest rates increasing has not filtered through to everyone in the property marketplace. Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of people had fixed interest rates. That hasn't filtered through yet. The speed at which the interest rates had increased was quite fast. So, and, and Jace, not everyone is informed. That's the other Very thing. True. If they're yep. listening to this, they're raising their rental. But I, I still run across people from time to time now and looking at the rental yields and I'm, I'm thinking, why are you at 2%? Like, they haven't put oh, their rents up. It's crazy. I can put my rent up. And, and, and here's the thing. You'll love this. They go, oh, I read somewhere that we're not allowed to put our rent up. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I read somewhere. I think, I think you might have a, a green mongrel somewhere around there that's uh, trying to stout uh, – Tout that stuff, but don't. well, that's it. You know, every state in Australia, and here's the other. That's the other reason, Andy. Uh, other than Queensland, which is six months, every state in Australia only allows you to put your rent up every twelve months. Right, that's part of the legislation. So, you know, it's been only six months. It's it's been only six months where the the interest rates are impacting our um, lifestyle. Really, for property investors. We have, let's say, 12-month leases. It hasn't even passed through yet. The, the, the impact of the cost going through, the cost of interest is still, I'm saying it's still got a year to two years minimum. And now you put in the lowest supply we've ever seen in Australian history when it comes to construction. Um, and now we've got weird booms like, you know, 30,000 students got to come back to Australia in two months and they got to live somewhere, you know, that it, it, it's still going to happen. Now, capital growth is going to be restricted by the cost of money for the short term, but your rent is fast, very fast 
catching up and I think will accelerate out past the cost of interest in the short term. So that is what is on the, you know, the decant of the week for me um, for the world of property. And I might throw this one back to you and maybe you can take over from here, Andy, maybe do a little bit of a do a little bit of a next section. You know, the other thing that I just saw in the newspaper was like, you know, 1.7 million. You and I talk about making sure we're efficient, we're tax efficient in our world. Uncle Kerry, um, Uncle Kerry said you shouldn't pay any more tax than you're legally obliged to because, uh, you know, <laughs> no one's doing very good with it. Um, so, you know, this is always interesting, increasing the cap from 1.7 to 1.9. Um, I like that idea, but maybe on the other side of it, there could be a give with one end and take with the other. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, you're muted, Andy. Unmute yourself. Most people in my family would have loved that if that was just normal. <laughs> uh, mates, it's, um, it's a lot more simple, uh, I reckon, than, uh, than what most people would, would think. And it's it's amazing to see the the again the the reporters getting it wrong, but the politicians really using something that was going to happen anyway to their advantage. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> what's what's happened? So the the um, the one point seven million cap was linked to uh, to inflate. Well, not linked to inflation, but it was to go up with a, based on a mixture of inflation and uh, uh, wages, right? Now, it's been in place for about three years, maybe four. I can't remember the exact year that it came in. Uh, so we've had fairly aggressive inflation over the last few years. So you take 1.7 million, you times that by the inflation rate of the last three years, you're actually over 1.9. Um, so good way for the politicians to go, <laughs> look what we're doing. We're doing an amazing <laughs> amount of good, which is actually what the Liberals did, uh, <laughs> to be fair. It's what the Liberals did. But they just said, "Oh well, okay, we'll, we'll we'll claim that one. We'll put that one in a in a in a skyrocket, and uh, and run with it." So, mate, that, it's it's as simple as that, Jazz. Because ultimately, if they don't keep lifting that cap, the one point seven won't be enough. And for most people, people go one point seven. That's a lot of money. But let's put it into context of average returns. And you and I talk about this a lot, Jace, yeah. uh, with each other, with our clients. It's part of a lot of strategies we put together, but. Five percent is is a reasonable kind of investment return in our in our world with a mixture of growth and income. Yeah, and if you put one point seven as a, as an amount on that, we that's about eighty five thousand dollars worth of income. Yeah, right? it'll so, it'll keep you off the streets, but it's not it's not amazing, is it? No, no, a couple of beers, a few skittles. Uh, but uh, it's it's not going to you know buy you boats or, or send you to Ibiza every every month or anything like that. So uh, ultimately, if they want to be able to have Australians paying for their full retirement, then they need to keep raising that so that uh, so that we've got the tax free funds to live. But long and short, Jace wasn't their plan, wasn't their idea, but they're claiming it anyway. Well, isn't that classic politicians, hey, right there? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, folks, um, there's a little bit of, you know, uh, decant the week when it comes to maybe, you know, what's out there in the news and what's going on. But why don't we um, see if we can't move to our next little section, which is uh, maybe perfect pairing, Andy. Uh, I don't know if we've got perfect pairing. Let's see. Um, 
Let's not say we did. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Alison. Um, why don't we see if we can, can't do something with uh, a perfect pairing after this, which is really solution to a problem people might have or maybe things you should know. But anyway, we'll get used to the new segments. Back in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Ashley. Oh, my. We, we should actually put a Rick Roll section in. I reckon we can Rick Roll you. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the haircuts? Do you remember them? They used to stand up by themselves. Everyone was half a foot taller. And the uh, women keepers, creepers with the big perms. It was amazing era. Um, was. Things stood up on their own, <laughs> defied gravity of the era. <laughs> well, mate, uh, I, I reckon some of the perfect pairing for me comes into, uh, well, a little bit of decanting the week as well. I saw this uh, in the news. Uh, up to six interest rate hikes could be on the horizon. Research shows. Oh, I'm not sure what fucking research this person's. Who's <laughs> research? Who's research? I'm, I'm just wondering what country this person's reading the research from because, mate, this stuff is not coming across my desk. Uh, oh, no, one across- in America, one in the UK, one in. Um- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, what absolute garbage. Oh, Savannah, <laughs> if that was you who did that, you should bloody think about another job, I reckon. Um, <laughs> but uh, effectively, mate, well, look, everybody knows this. This isn't this isn't a shock to the system. Uh, CPI on the rise. CPI looks backwards, right? Uh, yep. Consumer price index, that's what it is. Uh, it's the things coming, becoming more expensive over time. And as you can see, that that uh, that black line there or the dark blue lines, the annual change, and this is to December. That's the most inf- up-to-date information that we have. So uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we won't show that one, Alison. <laughs> we'll keep that one under wraps. I did actually think about uh, asking it about myself, but I was too scared what it might find. <laughs> so a couple of things to note as we look through here. You know, they, these are actually reasonable signs, uh, as we can see a number of months where it's either stabilised or it's lower than where it's been before. Yep. Um, and But this is a backward-looking number up here, so it looks like it's going to, it looks like it's going to the ceiling. Um, having a look at the areas of where it's, it's hitting most, uh, right, if we just squeeze that a little bit, um, food, food, alcohol, um, well, alcohol, government's putting more taxes on it, did you hear about that new tax they put on beer? Jesus. I mean, these guys are everywhere. Bob Hawke would have been drinking wine, Andy. That's why we're drinking wine. That's 100% right. I could tell you. They'll all be drinking wine because you won't be able to chug a beer like Bob Hawke used to. Uh, well, I remember, and- I remember bloody, I spent a few years in Singapore and I remember a, a, a jug of wine was $100. Wow. Nearly like. That was a and few they, years. And they sold it in a jug. That's the part <laughs> that got me, Jokes. <laughs> A jug of wine. There you go. Housing is a big culprit. It's it's up there at the ten percent mark. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we've got some major ones in here, which are, uh, which 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 are energy, food, uh, and and then obviously housing is is a bit of uh, something that's along for the ride, which is a natural part of uh, economic cycles based on where we are. This is a little bit interesting, Jace. I thought you'd like this because. Um, you know that we've launched the 4% club with our clients and I was thinking that, geez, the central banks are trying to take our 
uh, take our slogan with the 4% club or the 0.4% club. Um, interest rates, 3% in, uh, in uh, Finland, in Germany, in uh, Belgium, in France, in uh, Hong Kong, 5, Ireland, 3, Spain, 3, Greece, 3, uh, Jordan, 6.75, Latvia, 3, Netherlands, 3. Everyone's, mate, if you, there, there must be something going on. Really, really so Everyone's at 3. Um, quite incredible. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. So inflation's going up. So what's on the opposite side of inflation? Where do we look? How do we pair this off? How do we what's make some sense deal? out of it? Yeah. Yep. And you and I have been talking about this now for about six, seven months, maybe maybe longer. Um, we've been talking about the 10-year uh, bond yields, which gives us an idea of where we believe that the cash rate's actually heading over time. And you can see that it sort of peaked up in and around that 4% mark and the cash rate being the Reserve Bank cash rate, which is coming on Tuesday, Jace, one of the six uh, rate rises that's apparently coming. Um, it will rise uh, when, they, when they meet on Tuesday. It's going to go up. But this yep. is where uh, the market dictates and where the market believes that interest rates are going to go. Well, and, and, and arguably, Andy, it's like, and, 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 you know, I always like to say it's the aggregated opinion, right? So it's the aggregated opinion, not, not the, the Commonwealth Bank's opinion, not, you know, not the, the bloody, you know, Fin Review's opinion. Not, not, not this it, bloody person who wrote six interest rate rises. Not, not that person's opinion. Not that right? it, and this is what I like. This is what you and I talk about. This is the aggregated opinion of many. It, it, it could even be thousands of professional opinions aggregated into like a number for us. And, and that's the best way to have it, right? Yeah, it's, it's an informed consensus and, and, and of yeah. major market drivers as well. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about the big dogs right the way through to the, the small dogs and, and every animal in between. So, <laughs> Cats, dogs and monkeys. So, and, and look, we picked it. If you go back, you listened to Wealth, Wine and Wisdom last year. We were picking that 4% and, and around there. We said that we reckon that the, the cash rate will probably overshoot a little bit and then it'll probably come back over time. Yep. Um, this has been a theme that is, is coming true. We've got the, the states uh, over to the right-hand side. So what and, – and the states are on a different journey, and I'm going to get to my point in a minute. Jace, uh, <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> mate. <laughs> the great producers – so, and this goes to a little bit about what you were talking about before. This is this is an inflation forecast. So, this is done by economists. So, almost guaranteed to be wrong, Jason. Like <laughs> I love that. that you get, uh, we should have become economists, Andy. We could be wrong all the time and still get paid really well. The problem is, we'd be right too often, so our peers would hate us, Jace. That's, yeah, we'd, we'd get fired. <laughs> you would be the number one menace. They'd be like, "We can't have this Witten getting up there anymore. He's he's right this too is, often. He's making the whole profession wrong. look bad." <laughs> So if we have a look at this, so this is uh, quarter by quarter. So we've got 2022, 2023 starting here. So the inflation expectations are already, they're forecasting them to actually come down over coming periods of time. Now, some of that is we, we probably underestimated the, 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 the ongoing effects that COVID was going to have. Yeah. Right. Uh, we we underestimated perhaps the time we we underestimated uh, how long it was going to take to happen as well, which meant that the market ran considerably hot for a, a, an extraordinary amount of time when we thought it should have you know come off significantly. Yeah, yeah. 
But given the fact that this is likely to be incorrect data because it was done by economists, um, it's probably going to be somewhere true, right? And, and I'm my prediction is that we just kick it to the right-hand side a little bit further because I think that we will overshoot um, from, a, from a cash rate perspective, I think. But these signs of inflation, and as we spoke about it, they will be transitory inflation. And that transitory inflation, we're already seeing it at the, at the fuel pumps. There's been a, a restabilisation of them. They're still higher than they were 12, 24 months ago, but they've come down from the $2 a litre that we've seen. Uh, we have got higher energy prices in general, but they and and they will probably kick in through winter, but then they will likely stabilise afterwards. Well, we're so, seeing in our world, Andy, like that. You know, you know, talked about housing and construction. Like we're seeing for the first time in one and a half years, uh, builders are giving fixed price building contracts again. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, so there, and it's about fifteen percent. Um, adjustment down from the highs, certainly not back to where it was, you know, in, in 2020. But, uh, again, they, they go, right, my supply chain's good. I can forward buy some of my, my, my materials and I'm happy to give you a fixed-price contract. So, you know, um, it's interesting to see. And this is where the opportunity lies in my world, Jace. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got one more slide, but I'll, I'll bring it back in a minute to to show everyone. But th- this is this is where the pairing sits, right? Uh, is we see yes, interest rates going up. We've got short term rises in interest rates, maybe medium term hold. Longer term decline in interest rate is is more than likely right across the globe. And this is almost unanimous across everybody uh, across most. Um, economists, which means that they will be wrong, but they will be, you know, somewhere in the ballpark. They'll be too yep. late, too early. It is difficult to predict. So it it gives us the capacity to kind of go, well, so a couple of things. The perfect pair is not to worry too much in the short term. Don't be the good time, Charlie, and, and get out too early because if you do, that, you might that, just shoot yourself in the foot. Well, that, that's that's good advice, really. At the end of the day, you know, most of these problems are short-term problems. Um, and if you're structured well enough, Short term's not an issue, right? Yep. It's just that in today's world, the transaction and the time frame that the information and transactions take, we see things normalise faster, but they swing out of proportion much, much larger than what they used to. So more volatility, shorter periods of time for price corrections to normalise, but it can be a bit of a volatile journey if you're looking at it week to week. So understands that the medium-term outlook is quite stable from an interest rate perspective. Start to budget, and this is what you hear people talking about ad nauseum in the mornings, but they use all sorts of esoteric garbage to, to put around it. That that price increase is is there. It's, it'll probably stabilise over a period of time. That's for companies, that's for renters, that's for all of us. Yeah. Let's play as if we're already there, which means that we get a bit of gas in the tank and we prepare ourselves for that next two, three, four years, and maybe even let's you know prepare a little bit more aggressively and see whether we can build up some buffers and start getting in because typically the stock market will will start to climb as interest rates drop into the future. But even when they stabilise, markets will likely start to run, depending on the economy, but will likely start to run when they know when they know what the cost of money looks like and, and it becomes more stable over time. And so, you know, the key bits that I'd be looking at here is 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 hold fast, 
players if it's going to be tomorrow. My old mate Gretzky down here. Um, play where the puck's going to be. So start treating it as if it's tomorrow today and uh, build up those reserves. And here's the thing. Uh, it's where Buffett, and this is probably the perfect pair, Buffett always used to say and still does, uh, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. Um, so I'd be saying if people are fearful now, it's probably time to uh, listen to the tummy. Yeah, get in there. Get in there for sure. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid of calling your lender right now too when it comes to inflation and the cost of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> James, all yeah. I did was ask for a security mix on one of my clients the other day and they chopped 0.75 off the interest rate just Boom. because I sent them an email. Yeah. Mate, at right now, folks, if, if there's any takeaway from today's Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, call them, give them a hard time right now. Give them a hard time right now because they know and they've actually got this is, this is the thing, you know, and we'll talk about number one menace in a second, but, you know, institutions, they bought their money. They bought their money cheaply, like like a long time ago, and they, they're just taking the piss. Like, let, let's be frank. Like, you know, that, that really annoys me, that sort of stuff. But uh, get into them, folks. Give them a call and oh. say, hey, I'm leaving if you don't bloody drop the rate, and they'll, they'll give you they'll, – they'll shave some off because they've got plenty of margin to do so, so – you know, well, let's that, let's have a look at the bank returns uh, in March when they all start reporting again, and we'll give you the real juice right. on where the record, record, is. record, Fenton. Oh, oh mate, new records. Let's predict, Fenton, uh, record <laughs> profits. <laughs> I reckon they could be up there. They could be up there. Could be up there. Yeah. But uh, I have a question for you, Jace, because almost across the globe, and I'm going to show you a chart in a moment. Uh, there's two questions. Uh, where the hell were you on this one? Uh, and uh, what country had the most significant property price increases uh, out of all countries across the world? Are you talking uh, true dollar increase or are you talking percentage? I'm talking percentage increase. Oh, gee, it have to be have to be somewhere coming from a low base, or like it have to be a low base, a low base country. <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know, Brazil or something like that. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's not too bad, I guess. Uh, and, and probably the right rationale. But the, the, the important part about this is that almost everything is positive, right? We have got everyone from Saudi Arabia, Brazil, Italy, Finland, Greece, uh, Switzerland, Australia in the red. We've got the Eurozone. And Australia is only a tiny little smidgen on here, mate, in comparison to the big runner on the right-hand side. The uh, United States is up there. But bloody Turkey, mates. Where the hell Turkey. were you on Turkey? To quote, to quote, to Lara Bingle, where the bloody hell are you? <laughs> hey, we should have been investing in property over in uh, over in Turkey. Well, Turkey, oh my lord! Well, there you go. Well, you know those sorts of things. You know, yeah, well, incomes, cost of money, and uh, you know a low cost base of real estate. You know they can. They, they can accelerate when um, when you can get that right. Many years ago, back in my day, when I first started investing, you could buy a property, you could buy a house in country Australia for twenty to thirty thousand um, dollars. And you know, you know, twenty years later, you know, those same houses are five, six, seven hundred thousand. You know, coming from a low base, you know, and the speed of knowledge too, Andy. You know, like speed of information. Well, mate, yeah. So do we have the turkey fund for next year? <laughs> well, listen, I think, I, th- I think we might need to go and find out what happened in Turkey and we'll find out what economically accelerated that. I do wonder I do wonder if that, that was accelerated by some sort of finance engineering um, because that's part of my little perfect pairing 
conversation for um for this bit um folks um where you know um for uh many of us right now we're concerned or worried maybe oh, there we go it's playing a little funny buggers. There we go. There we go. Um, about interest rates, Andy, and what they do to our property values. Uh, I showed that figure before about the um, about the rents going, you know, flatline for a long time. Low uh, low rents because there was there was very little to negative pressure on the cost of owning real estate, um, and by default. Cheap money accelerates value, right? Or cheap money artificially. And I don't know if it's – listen, I'd be interested in your opinion on this. I don't think it's artificial. It's not artificial, but it certainly might be um, – exacerbates a, a, the value of a property. We, if money's cheaper, human nature is to maximise your ability to borrow to buy the thing that you can buy, right? And then, you know, depending on supply and demand and a few other things, well, you'll pay more than you probably should because you get emotionally connected to buying something, right? So the cost of money helped accelerate property values going up. Um, and that's not that's not the only thing, folks. Just let's just be fucking really clear about well, it's, this. It's cost and availability, right? Because Correct. One without yeah. the other doesn't work. Yeah. And, and also, Andy, more importantly, especially with owner-occupiers, especially with <clears throat> discretionary income, and I'll show you this in a minute. I'll show you this in a minute, right? Um, well, you know, if you've got money, you just want what you want and you'll pay what you, you want to pay because um, you, you want the quality, right? So there's this concept of, Andy, you know, you should have, you should have paid less or you should have wanted less or something like this in real estate. But I'll talk about that in a second. So what's going on right now? Interest rates have gone up fastest, um, almost fastest in history, right? <laughs> record, record interest rate hikes. Record Jason. interest rate. Record interest rate. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, uh, and, and I've said this to many people, I, I'm actually quite happy for the interest rates to go up because, you know, what's happened? My rents have gone up, right? Let me t- Let me ask you this, folks. When the interest rates go down, put this in the chat for me. When the interest rates go down, and they will, and they will go down, and they'll adjust, and they'll get lower. Will you drop your rents? Tell me in the chat. A yes or no? You're gonna are you gonna drop your rents by two hundred dollars when the interest rates go down, folks? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the answer well, in the chat. Normal market conditions would would dictate that eventually you will be forced to, uh, because eventually. If that dynamic continues to take place, uh, then the rationale would be that eventually you you would be forced to. If well, only if there's, there's an oversupply, if. and, I, I, and that's and that's, and and that's not going to happen. <laughs> Which will you be know, really interesting, won't it? Low rates, high yields. Yeah, um, everyone's like people aren't going to do it. So Andy, and and also too, um, just so everyone knows. Um, <laughs> In in <laughs> just <laughs> it's uh I'm not even sure I'm just going to dig myself a hole if I try and answer that aren't I I've, I've got narrator Jared I've got narrator it's, it's a standard size cup it's like a bucket <laughs> it's uh, like that, isn't it 
Well, yep. you know, it, in 2014 and 15, Andy, we actually had a small oversupply in the market, right? Have a look at how the interest rates adjusted. Uh, not the interest rates, sorry, the the rents. They, they don't adjust. And this is the conversation. In general, they don't adjust when there's temporary oversupplies. There's never been a major oversupply in the Australian property market which has has affected in a downward sense the rents from a property. And the only time I've seen that in 27 years, and I actually I, I should go and check this because that never is a long time. The only time <laughs> I've ever seen the only time I've ever seen it, Andy, was COVID. And and that wasn't a real open market situation. It was a co it, it was enforced, right? So we we do the same thing in commercial property in my world mm. because commercial property typically has um, leases that will span seven to fourteen years. Yeah, and they're linked to CPI increases. So, and I never really realised this until you you just articulated that then because what we look at for commercial property when we're investing um, in syndicates or when we're, if we're doing our own stuff as well is we look for periods of time where they're a little bit out of sequence. Right, because then you can get a seven to fourteen year um, uh, contract, a rental contract, effectively, yep. which is a little bit out of sequence, and you're getting a little bit more rent than what you otherwise should be. So you've got almost a guaranteed buffer based on the quality of the tenant, almost a guaranteed buffer um, over time, and that's where we get in and out of property trusts in my world. Well, let me just circle around and we'll, we, we need to do number one menace before we finish the show today because it's my favourite piece. Um, <laughs> but let me bring this to the perfect pairing kind of the lesson here, um, you know, and, okay, cost of interest going up. The people who are buying properties using finance, Andy, are affected and it's saying, you know, one of these charts is saying, oh, the top end's most affected close to 9% uh, reduction in, in, in price from peak, so price from peak um, at the moment. Okay, so, you know, the, the, um, the bottom end of the market hasn't been adjusted at all. It's actually gone up 1.1%. You know, on average, if you take all three parts of the market, the, the adjustment from peak recently is just over 5%, right? So 5% is fine. It's not the end of the world. You know, the idea of like 20% drops and stuff is like absolute rubbish. But doesn't sell newspapers though, does it? Doesn't sell newspapers though, does it? All right. But but tell me, Andy, this chart here, like, oh, you know, if someone's not using finance right now, if, if they don't have that, what's happening? Give me a – tell me in the chat. I'll give you 10 seconds to put it in the chat, folks. What's happening for those who don't really – for for – discretionary buyers that are not limited by finance or maybe using lower financing loan-to-value ratios. What's what's really going on in the marketplace? Tell me, Andy, we've used this word many times over the last few years and tell me what it is. I'll give you a drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the first first person who's got it here? Before we we go on to it, before we go on to it, because truth record. be told, I wasn't listening to record. the record. <laughs> record, record, uh, where are we? Another one here, another one here. Uh, record, another one, where it is. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Record, whopping sale, record. 
But what I'm interested to know, Jason, like, and, and maybe you got the data, maybe you, you don't, but what, what has been the highest average yield, you know, and, and average meaning across Australia, you know, what's been the highest average uh, across Australia rental yield over a period of time? Like Residential? Resi, in Resi world, yeah. The same ballpark? Pat, me for 25 years of exposure in a major, a major capital city, the highest rental yield around the five and a half to six percent. So that's kind of the in the regionals, you know, certainly when I first started out, you could get nine, ten yeah. percent. Right now that's that's that doesn't does that doesn't occur. You'll probably oh, get a smidgen more, like half a percent somewhere. But you know we're seeing um, some interesting stuff uh, out in Webster's world and, and a few people out there. But the average is about ten. It's, it's yep. incredible. But uh, oh, so mate, mate, my my world, like I, like, like I was a buyer's agent on like literally ninety five percent of Kalgoorlie. Um, like, you know, back in the day, we we owned like we bought stuff everywhere in Kalgoorlie and Boulder and um, you know Port Hedland and and Caratha. Like in the mining days, man, that was that was mate, an interesting time. If, I, if, I, if only you, you never sold. Oh, mate, I, I can tell you. Anyway, I'll tell you some stories that curl your toes, folks. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know the reason behind that, but to sort yeah. of go to the record that you're talking about here. So as as that well, comes these off, people aren't exposed to finance, Andy. Oh, well, you know, yes. like, the, like, and they they they're going to buy what they want to buy. And the point is, you know, um, Ken Ken Boulder, listen, Ken Boulder, I went there anyway. We we did a heap of stuff in Ken Boulder, and Jesus, oh yeah. Anyway, you, you don't want to live there, folks. But mate, maybe it's sharpened up these days, Jared. <laughs> uh, I built a. Uh, 200, 256, 265 Dugan Street, Jared. If you drive past 255 Dugan Street, they're all my townhouses. <laughs> anyway, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, and anyway, folks, Penton, the point is if you're not exposed to finance, then you don't get shit. You're, paying, you're paying record prices. You're just like, oh, I'll have what I want. You know? And and this the thing. Um, um, as as we go. Us as property investors, like, you know, you can be sort of accelerated or, you know, decelerated when it comes to your cost of your money. But when, you are, when you're out of that world, then, you know, many, many places are just, they're seeing record prices irrelevant of what's going on with inflation, irrelevant of what's going on with interest rates, all right? So just remember that, folks. Like, you know, we might see some headline data in this stuff, Andy, um, but... Uh, it's not the only story that's going on. And, uh, you know, last but not least, the conversation around this is kind of like, in my world, is like flight to quality. Buy a good quality thing for the long term. And, um, you know, the longer you keep it, certainly with real estate, maybe like wine, Andy, maybe like good wine, it matures and gets more valuable. It <laughs> is better. It is better, especially is when you better. drink it from a bucket. That's right. <laughs> the long pour. All right. Well, listen. Why don't we give? Why don't we give one of? Uh, well, I, I was hoping it's going to be our favourite, um, our favourite piece of the show. Number one menace. Um, a bit of a whirl, and then we'll we'll call it we'll call it done. But um, number one menace after this, Fenton, you're up. (laughs) 
<laughs> what do you got? <laughs> Mate, the number one menace on my side of the uh, the highway in my world is uh, the International Monetary Fund. I'm going for the big dog, the IMF. <laughs> These bloody children. I'll tell you what, kick them out. They don't know what they're talking about, Jace, and they're going to try and piss on our parade. Have a look at this garbage, right? IMF urges Australia to restrict tax breaks on the family home. You should read some of this stuff that these 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 Muppets produce. It's unbelievable. They should be called the IMC, the, the, the International Monetary Cartel. Bloody hell. <laughs> How to make politicians and bureaucrats richer. Um, you know, here's a suggestion to the IMF. How's about we just get rid of half, 50% of the politicians? Amazing. Amazing. If we get rid of 50, imagine how much we'll save. Can you imagine well, how much we'll save? Well, Fenton, did, did you know, and as a few folks know, what's the only profession in Australia that you can have two, uh, two principal places of residence, capital tax rate, two? What's the only profession? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Bloody politicians. The politicians can have two houses, capital gains tax-free, because, oh, where I live and, and Canberra, I've got to have a tax-free one there. Anyway, keep going. That's well, because bullshit, I, Because it? I do so much for the world and the economy and the average Australian, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, mate, I'm hoping this is what happens because ultimately... <laughs> Mate, you should read the article. It's, it's unbelievable. And the IMF is literally saying, at, at one part of this I think is going to potentially get through, um, they, 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 they will use the IMF as a scapegoat. So yeah. this is potentially on the agenda, right? I would say. Which one are you calling? Which one are you calling? <laughs> I, I reckon that they'll explore a 5 or a $6 million, above a 5 or $6 million on your principal place of residence and they'll start to tax it. Um, now, that's been pretty consistent uh, across the globe. Um, they'll probably look at death taxes as well uh, based on principal place of residence. So I reckon the smart money would go that they'll try and manipulate and create death taxes on principal place of residence in estates mm. um, because they'll make a lot of money there because people are dying. And why, don't, why not, you know, they, 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 they really got into the banks for charging dead people um, so that, that probably gave them the idea, didn't it? That's probably oh. where the, the bank went. The, the politicians went, fuck, the banks have been doing it for years. How do we do that? They're on to this. They're, yeah. they're on to something. <laughs> they came up with it. So we'll just we'll tax people after they've passed away. Amazing. Amazing. What, Why didn't we do that before? The, the other <laughs> positive politicians. Um, the, the other part about this, though, uh, which I think is more pressing, is that they've actually talked about raising the GST. Now, uh, the IMF cops a bit of a, a punch when it comes to weight. Got some influence. Um, yeah, got some influence. Uh, you know, it's, it, I'd, probably, I'd, I'd venture to say they probably had a little bit less after COVID because uh, there's been a few cracks uh, in the reactor, so to speak, <laughs> and a bit of waste coming out. But um, uh, I reckon that they'll, they'll probably have another crack at GST uh, over the next few years. I reckon get in, consolidate the position. I reckon they'll have another crack at it uh, in the not-too-distant future. Well, let's so, hope if they do, they reduce the other taxes. But, hey, I don't know if anyone remembers this one, folks, where, uh, oh, let's bring in GST so we can get rid of stamp duty. Stamp duty. Oh, who remembers that? <laughs> oh, whoops. Yeah. 
Oh, well, we, we, we forgot. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh, now we've got GST and stamp duty. You beauty. Friggin' states, I tell you. Um, there you go. Anyway, where did you go, Fenton? I took the wrong one off. <laughs> uh, bring so, it back. Mate, that's, that's, I never thought that I'd be calling it, but uh, number one menace for me, IMF. Jeepers creepers. Like you, you, With that sort of brain trust, you'd think you'd come up with better ideas, but maybe, Jace, maybe, maybe I just have high expectations of very, very stupid people. Well, mate, you know, uh, you, you, you might need to seek some help for that because... <laughs> 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 well, you know, listen, it's but but it's so true. You know, a significant amount of wealth is going to transition in this next ten years. You know, mm-hmm. four million Australians, and those four million, you know, have cashed up. Let's face it, they've uh, they've they've participated in probably the best thirty to fifty years of Australia's economic um, wealth, and uh, they're cashed up um, by and large. And, uh, you know, politicians often, often eyeball that going, mm, what can I, what can I uh, get my grotty little mitts on um, when it comes to uh, this sort of thing? So let me finalise my little piece, um, you know, last but not least, when it comes to number one menace, last number <laughs> Bouge. Now, if you're an investor, just trundling along and you go, you know what, you know, not my cup of tea, not my values, but if you're an investor and go, oh, I invested in casinos because they've got great cash flow, they've got good value, like the government just goes, hey, listen, we don't like you anymore. We're just going to change the rules. 30%, 30%. Like that is ludicrous. You know, people complain about the market, Andy. Oh, you know, the market, this market, that, you know. Whatever. Politicians changed their mind because they didn't like something in New South Wales and boom, 30% value off of a business. Um, and if you're an investor in that, you you just dusted a huge amount of money. Right? One Massive. would assert that maybe a brown pa- a certain brown paper bag didn't hit a certain uh, <laughs> post office box somewhere in the world. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it, it not my cup of tea, not what I would invest in. However, it just proves the point that you've got you've got to understand, folks, that uh, you know, out there, out there, there's menaces when it comes comes to money and wealth. This is gold. I, I've got a mate of mine who's coming back to Australia. Uh, I think late next year, and uh, he's been in uh, RSI funds, uh, responsible investing funds, rather for for many many years. Um, Loves all of that sort of stuff, and 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 he's have, have you seen the kind of just? It's like, do you remember when you were young and you went for the the person of the other sex, right? Who was wildly out of your league, and you went up to chat with them, and you made a complete buffoon out of yourself. Do you know, like everyone's got one of those moments? Just about everyone, unless you're like a Kardashian or something. So picture that moment. That's what. I see every time I see politicians trying to be green, including the Greens, just by the by, um, they seem to know nothing about it. Uh, but dealing with mining, dealing with gambling, yeah. dealing with you know these big other enterprises, and I'm not going to say mining's bad or gambling's bad, but but they're quite used to playing with these uh, industries that might you know 
have a little bit of money to flow into different areas of campaigns and things like that, the cynical side of me might say. So they're great. <laughs> they're great at playing that game. But now the world is kind of going, oh, well, let's go green and let's go responsible. And the politicians are going, hang on. We don't, why are they? Well, firstly, why are they doing that? We don't understand why they're doing it. How, how do we get the brown paper bags out of this industry? Um, and they're, they're flailing. And they're also attacking um, many, many sectors. So they're actually turning on some of their biggest contributors from the past. Yeah. Um, I won't say drugs, uh, alcohol, um, uh, nicotine. They've legal turned drugs, on, legal drugs, medical. Legal drugs. Um, they, they've yeah. turned on all of them apart from Big Pharma. They'll never take on Big Pharma. Um, they, they'd never live past it. Can you imagine it? All of a sudden they, they wouldn't have their blue pills. That would be the end. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can't stand it. I, I just I see this stuff and I, I'm like everyone's allowed to have different perspectives, but the yeah. way that they dust companies that I I'll I'll basically go down to it. I reckon the number one erosion of people's wealth over the years, if you had to say that there was number one, it would be politicians. I, I, I hands down, hands down, number one eroder of 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 individual wealth, politicians. You know, self-interested politicians looking after them getting back in power or getting you know some popular vote. You know, absolutely. So you know, if there's something that you can take away, folks, politicians and the institutions that they let get away with shit. And that was my last but not least number one menace. You know, super institutions, institutions that manage your wealth. You know, at Second only to a person's home in Australia, your super. Um, number one, it, it's your second average Australian's wealth. Um, and again, left alone, given absolute carte blanche. How's this shit? They can they can charge you fees, lose you money, and you can do nothing about it, right? Um, and then they go, oh, yeah, listen, sorry, but we're not sorry. We're, we're on our yacht. And our helicopter in the, you know, in the bloody Seychelles or the Maldives or the Greek islands, right? You know, that's bullshit. Anyway, there you go. Number one menace, politicians. Number one A menace, any institution that the politicians let get away with shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems like we've started the year the same way that we finished it, Jase, like really getting stuck in it. Get into it, get into it. Well, there you go, folks. Anyway, we might call it done and dusted, Benton. Just before we do, mate, you might um, – you, do you remember a bloke, uh, Jeff Kennett? Yeah, I do remember Jeffy, you know, down in Victoria. You guys have had some classics down there. Yeah, but well, <laughs> Jeff was uh, Jeff was a patron. I'll call him a patron saint. I don't even know what that means. But we'll just, we'll say he, was, he, was a good, he was a good politician, did a lot of good for the country, whether you like him or hate him. Like, there are certain politicians over periods of time that have actually moved the state – forward and we're talking yes. about the Australian Open we're talking about uh the Grand Prix we're talking well, about you guys weren't after sport like there's no no tomorrow eh you know and this wasn't done by the Muppets of today no 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 not the little dicky knees which are heads <laughs> on sticks uh which stand for very little but uh but people actually made major change and it, it's almost you know that old adage Jace where they say that the 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 the, the uh 
The first generation come out there and they make it. The second one build it into an empire and the third just destroy it by, you know, gambling it and swallow it and just swashling it away. Yeah. It almost feels like that's the period of time that we're in. And what I, I saw a, a, a um, uh, an interview with, with Jeff Kennett, number one regret throughout COVID, number one regret is that he didn't put his hand up to uh, to run again in politics for uh, uh, for the Liberals here and take uh, take take the seat. Really? Because, yeah. And uh, mate, I, outrageous. Um, <laughs> I would love, and and I'm not I'm not going Liberal or Labor here. I'd love to see an old hat who's actually got some runs on the board, who has done good, who now has nothing to prove, nothing to gain to come back into the world of politics and actually try and tidy stuff up and uh, and have a crack at, you know, making things, you know, great again or at least a little bit better than shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a low bar. <laughs> so, Jeff, if you're listening, you're probably not. But, uh, but mate, my salute goes out to you this week. That was uh, – I would love to have seen you back in that chair. Uh, for somebody who's got nothing to lose – to make the, the country a better place, mate, I look forward to that day. Look forward to that. I like this one. It's one um, I always had a bit of a chuckle at. But, um, you know, Johnny, miss me yet? We might have to get a few of the old, because, I mean, even, you know, Hawkey back in his day, we'll have to get him chugging a yard glass, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> the quality, the quality of politicians of the past. Anyway, anyway, we better call it quits, Fenton, before before the uh, quality of wealth, wine, and wisdom uh, declines into uh, debauchery and uh, too much wine. Uh, it's like Ladies playing pool, folks. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, sorry we took so long to come back, uh, but we're back in full force this year, and uh, we'll share the calendar of events. But really looking forward to sharing the year with you. Hopefully, it's a a smoother ride, uh, and if it's a bumpy ride in the world, well, hopefully Jason and I can help navigate that in a way that's a little bit smoother for you. Uh, but as always, if you've got anything that you want to know about, please whack it into the chat. Even if you're looking at a recording or listening to a recording of this, put it in the chat. We do monitor it. We'd love to know what your questions are. We'd love to know what you want to know about so that we can delve in, use our contacts to also try and find some fixes for you and, uh, and bring that to you on a Friday. With a little bit of fun, a little bit of green, because uh, this is how you go green, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you put it on the uh, put it on the uh, on the overlays. Anyway, that's it, folks. We're done and dusted. It's a good night from me, <laughs> and it's a good night from him. Good night, everyone. Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs>